You want to call me a panko in the papers? Do it! None of the people that go to my fucking movies can read it! Hello and welcome to another episode of History Lesson Part 2. I'm Jackson McDonald. I'm Tyler Shipley. And after a very long hiatus, we are finally back to finally discuss 2010's The Social Network, starring Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield, directed by David Fincher, and written by the singular, the inimitable Aaron Sorkin. Uh, As a means of introducing this episode, I will just say that I feel like I have basically been sick since the last time we recorded, and I have come to the conclusion that it is because I have been carrying this movie and my thoughts (laughs) about it around with me for so long and for all that time. And I was very... I was excited to do this episode because I was really excited to talk to you about it because I really wanted to hear what you had to say about it. And at this point in my life, I was bracing for this to be another like Bong Joon-ho type episode, except Uh with the difference being that I have a lot of respect for Bong Joon-ho and I do Mm -hmm. enjoy watching his movies, even if I do not like them maybe as much as the average person does. Uh, but I was elated and relieved to see the other day in our text messages to one another <laughs> that you hated this movie every bit as much as I did, if not more. Um, and and it really just it really gave me this sense of that what we were doing, well, that what we're doing with the show is is right and just and good. <laughs> And that there is a reason why we did this, because you are, I think, maybe the only other person other than my wife that I know that doesn't like this movie. And that is a big reason why I wanted to talk about it, because it is and I'll let you speak in a second. I'm sorry. I know I'm pontificating, (laughs) but um, if you go back and, and look at not just the contemporary praise, but the praise that it was given Back in, you know, 2020, at the end of the decade, as one of the best, most defining movies of the 2010s, um, I feel like I'm in an episode of The Twilight Zone every time this movie comes up. I don't know. What do you think, Tyler? I think that I hated this movie so much that I was I was trying to remember why we had decided to review it <laughs> and I was getting angry at you um, at various stages of like, uh, even of, of preparing myself to watch it because I didn't have great memories of it. Uh, my, sure. my memory of, I mean, I saw it at the time and I, mm. and I basically forgot most of it. Yeah. And it was just, it was this, I was like vaguely aware that I had seen this movie, but I really couldn't have, told you very many plot points. I vaguely remembered like Justin Timberlake partying. I sort of vaguely knew that Jesse Eisenberg was in it, but I didn't, I couldn't have told you anything specific. Um, I certainly did not remember the Winklevoss twins, um, (laughs) whom we'll come back to, but yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, once, once we started watching it, um, 
I just found myself kind of angry at you. And actually, the one, the saving grace for you in, yes. in, in, and our friendship was yes. that you had already wa- rewatched and sent me a slew of, of how much you hated it. So I knew that you hated it too. And yeah. so as I hated it, I was like, this is horrible. This is trash. This is garbage. Why am I going through this? And, and I really truly was stumped as to why we were doing it. And I think, Perhaps my theory, I know you said you, you've been uh, sick, and sure. my theory is that the reason it's been months since we recorded an episode yeah. is because this fucking movie has been hanging over us like an albatross. Yeah. You know, like we yeah. just haven't been able to shake the, the oh, we got. I guess we got to watch that. Oh, geez, I guess we got to, I'm going to have to, I guess we'll have to talk about it. It sucks so much, and I'm truly, I'm truly <laughs> confused as to how it garnered critical praise then and especially now like i'm actually yeah. i don't understand it that's something that i hope you can explain to me because i don't get it it's 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 baffling to me too um i'm i'm going to uh, i'm going to offer an attempt to explain why it's so well regarded in a moment but um one thing that I, I wanted to return to is is just that yes I also saw it at the time and it's it's interesting to see because I would have been 16 when it came out I think 17 um, and it's always interesting to sort of see how your opinion about something changes over time or in this case kind of comes full circle because I remember when I saw it at the time you know, my taste was a lot less discerning back then. And I was a lot more, you know, because I was a teenager or whatever, and this applied to when I was a little younger and, and a kid as well. I think I talked about this a little bit with like good night and good luck. There's a point that a movie can reach where it's just like, well, all the adults say it's good. And all the people that I respect say it's good. So, like, I guess it's good, but <laughs> yeah. in the back of your head, you're just kind of thinking, like, I really didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just didn't get it. Yeah, maybe I'm you know? the problem. Maybe I'm the problem, yeah. And so I was never, like, vocal about disliking it or even, like, you know, I, it was just kind of like people were like, oh, it's good. And I would be like, yeah, I, I guess, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's pretty good. Like, just sort of like, you know. I guess as a means of attempting to explain its success, it has the cadence of a good movie. If that makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. Like so mm-hmm. so it's it's sort of one one of these things where it's it's like a um uh you know, there's 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 different versions of this. It it's sort of a funny comparison to draw, I guess, but it's almost like a Marvel movie um, in a weird sort of way where like one of the good ones, like one of the better made ones, one of the ones that properly hits um, the the beats and has something going for it, even as somebody who generally doesn't like those movies mm-hmm. where there's a lot of flash. There's a lot of like um, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot of movement. The It looks good. It's kind of peppy um, and uh, and it's it it just, you know, it it all kind of 
zings by uh, and you go out and you leave the theater and you're like, that was fun. I had a fun time at the movies. And this is like that. But instead of the thing that it's trying to be being a big blockbuster comic book kind of movie, it's that for an Oscar bait movie. So if we want to talk about the things that are good about it, which, you know, are I would say something that this movie has that um, that other movies that we've watched that have been bad that I haven't liked don't haven't necessarily had is like the the craft stuff that is often quite bad when the other things about the movie are bad is is actually mostly quite good in this movie like it's not a boondock saints right no like no, it's it's no. it, it isn't it it is um it's not just a, a completely smooth turd that just it's not amateurish no exactly it's not yeah. amateurish i mean i think intellectually it's less than amateurish it's juvenile yes. and childish I agree. but like yeah filmmaking wise it's not amateurish and None of the acting is atrocious. I mean, the nope. script is abominable, but the no, I, I would argue acting, actually like the acting is, and this you know this uh, is a a testament to to David Fincher, who I think is generally a pretty decent to good filmmaker. That all of the performances in this movie are credible because the things that they have to say are mostly very stupid and annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and so, you know, credit, credit to the actors, credit to David Fincher. Everything looks good. The pacing is good. And uh, I think, honestly, I, I really do think a big part of the reason so many people were fooled into thinking this is a masterpiece is just that the Trent Reznor uh, Atticus Ross score yeah. is fantastic. The soundtrack like, does does land. It it still it still holds pretty well. Yeah, it's, and it's I remember, the thing that's aged the best about the movie for sure. I remember at the start of the movie, so after the I think the first scene, um, which in and of itself is a good scene and maybe sure. the best scene of the film, in fact. And mm-hmm. if the movie had ended, if there had been the opening scene where Mark Zuckerberg is dumped by his girlfriend, followed by the uh, credit scene with the Trent Reznor soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, if it ended after that, I would be like, this fucks, this is great. This is sure. really, that's yeah. a great scene where, uh, you know, the sort of the archetypal nerd guy, uh, who's an asshole gets mm-hmm. told he's not a nerd, he's an asshole. And that, and then it cuts straight to some, to like a great jam and we're done. We're out. Like that yeah. would have been it. And I would have been satisfied. Everything after that, um, was, tr- was such trash that it ruined what could have been actually, a, uh, a, a you know, an Oscar winning short film. Yeah. Does this movie just get worse over time? I feel like that's yes. actually pretty much the the general thrust of it is like it kind of starts off interesting. Maybe maybe there's a couple of things that are sort of annoying or irritating. It maybe has some interesting observations or elements and then it but it's just a death march like it, it just gets progressively gets, worse i would definitely say yeah. that i'm you know it was like i remember i remember just feeling like yeah opening scene great uh you know uh credits scene dope uh yeah. next scene starts to be like eh, okay whatever it starts yeah. to go downhill 
Uh, once we get to the Justin Timberlake parts, it's like, man, this thing is falling apart. Absolutely. By the yeah. late movie, we're into some Winklevoss twin rowing scenes that ha- serve no, <laughs> no purpose. So that is true. But I will say, like, this is the funny one of the funny things about this movie is all of the parts that don't. Ha- and this is something we're going to return to a, a, a lot. All of the parts that don't have anything to do with Aaron Sorkin. Even though, especially in that case, like there's no reason why that scene needs to be in the movie Absolutely because it has none. nothing to do with anything. But as I was watching it, like how it was filmed and it's got the like, I was like, I just want to watch a David Fincher movie about rowing. That would be so much better than this movie. Like, yeah, yes, it has nothing to do with anything. And so by that point, yeah. You're like, this is what the fuck? I don't care. This is yeah. stupid. But I I watched this movie three times for this episode, just trying to like squeeze blood from a stone, just like trying to understand it. And by the third time that I was like, this is so refreshing. <laughs> just this scene of guys rowing. I um, can see. I can understand that because yeah. because, yeah, I mean, it it's funny. In a way, yeah. it's funny oh, yeah. because you're because you're watching a boring, annoying movie where everyone is pissing you off and everything is pissing you off. And I'm just like looking at my watch like, oh, how much longer is this? God, I hate this. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that scene, which is funny. It, it's like, yeah, it it's is. funny because it's so completely meaningless. It has ab- there's absolutely zero reason to have this scene. And yeah, on reflection, it does kind of feel like someone, maybe David Fincher or someone else was just like, can we just have like one scene where I can have some fun and do something fun here? And yeah, so, yeah, totally. they do this crazy fucking pointless rowing scene. Um, yeah, I, I I do think the it, the movie does get worse and worse. And then, of course, ends on maybe the, the worst moment in the film, like the worst line oh, is the last line, oh, like which I know, I know yes, how much I can't wait. you hated it. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. So, so, okay. Let's, um, to return to me talking about when I first saw this movie. Um, and, and this is the sort of funny thing is that I, I, I think it probably goes without saying, I'll, I'll expand on this more in a minute that the problem with this movie is Aaron Sorkin. The, The problem with this movie is the script and the fact that it was written by the the worst most noxious detestable uh screenwriter working in hollywood and that includes the ones that we know have committed crimes um we will talk at length about aaron sorkin in a minute but my my problem with this movie isn't so much that it's that it's not that it's poorly written or that it um you know one thing that i know you mentioned and that i do basically agree with is that you were like part of the problem with this movie is it just makes mark mark zuckerberg too cool like uh-huh yeah. he thinks that mark zuckerberg is cool ultimately at the end of the day yeah. even if he's portrayed uh in a negative light in a lot of yeah. ways which i would argue he isn't actually really which is which a lot of people seem to yes. think too I don't think that, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. To Um, me, that's a really like, that's something I really want to talk about it. The, the, the incoherence of the message of the film. Yes. Yes. Uh, My problem with it isn't how it portrays Mark Zuckerberg uh, or Facebook or the founding of it or any of that. Like, I think 
you could make an interesting movie about the founding of Facebook. And I even think you could make I think you could make an interesting movie about the founding of Facebook that portrays Mark Zuckerberg in a not totally negative light. I think you could do that. And I'll explain. I, I can explain why over the course of the movie. My One of my biggest problems with this movie now and even at the time that I saw it is just that I think it gets basic shit wrong. Like, I don't think that this movie captures who Mark Zuckerberg is, what Facebook is, and or why Mark Zuckerberg made Facebook. And my Mm -hmm. feeling about it when I saw it at the time, at 17, Facebook was a very different thing back then. I practically grew up on Facebook. I got it in 2007. I was starting high school, and it didn't really die out as like a thing that people used for everything until after I graduated. Mm -hmm. And so for me, you know, now I go on face, like if I go on Facebook at all, I'm like, this is a hell. This is the worst thing on earth. I, I, it's like the sun. I can't look at it for too long (laughs) or it will blind me. And Um, which, which is a very funny, which makes watching this movie now, extremely funny and and the ways in which zuckerberg is portrayed as this misunderstood genius it is so fucking funny in light of the fact that facebook is now the place where my incoherent senile relatives post memes about justin trudeau uh you know like using 5g waves to control our minds and make us drive electric cars like it's guys in flat can accusing their cousins of stealing their headphones <laughs> like that's yeah. just what it is now right yeah. like yeah, yeah. and um, also the and metaverse. that does make a lot of this shit very funny yeah right and Sorry, and please. also the metaverse which was like his his big oh, what God. was going to be his next big this is zuckerberg's new step this, the metaverse all the hype the terrible videos the laughably bad look like they were from the late 1990s graphics videos yeah. of chilling in the metaverse which within yeah. a couple years he had to completely and quietly wrap up and and scuttle the whole project is dead like i mean yeah. this guy was never a genius this guy never had some kind of you know, uh, coding genius or, or no. social, you know, so social psychology. Like he's not smart. And in yeah. 2024, I mean, I, that's so obvious. It's so much more I, obvious than it would have been in when the movie came out. I think it goes without saying that I ultimately obviously agree with you. Um, but I, I also think like, I to to be as as kind to the source material as possible. I do think that there's a there's a way you can make like essentially this movie like the same general beats, the same general um like arc but have it actually be good and have it actually be interesting and actually tell us something about something. Um but b- b- before I get into that, I I just wanted to finish my thought on how I how I felt about this when it came out, which was that, you know, back then um, I really liked Facebook. I didn't like Facebook because it was Facebook. I liked Facebook because it meant that I could be with my friends when I wasn't with my friends. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, absolutely. It, I liked the way that it, you know, it's kind of similar to maybe the void that Twitter filled for me uh, several years ago. Mm-hmm. I liked that I could go onto it and see what my friends were up to, see what they were saying. It was really good for sharing music. And what it was really good for, for me at the time as a teenager, was making it easier to uh, eliminate as much of the space in between I'm at home doing nothing and I'm out with my friends doing something as possible, Mm -hmm. both Mm -hmm. in the sense that it kept you connected, but also in the sense that it made it so easy to be like, oh, holy shit, there's a there's a all ages show happening at the community center two blocks from my house. I'm Mm -hmm. going to that or, oh, everybody's doing this. I'm going to go there and do that. You could Mm -hmm. just it. It was a. um. It made social connection easier, which is a hilarious thing to say now, because mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know if people, you know, I don't know when people that are listening got Facebook or what they remember, but, but it was so vastly different 15 years ago mm-hmm. than it is now. Um, and that isn't to say that there wasn't still bad things about it or that it was, but it just functioned very differently from how it functions now. Mm-hmm. Um. And so when I went and saw this movie in 2010, my feeling about it wasn't like I I didn't I wasn't like this movie's unfair to Facebook or this movie's unfair to the people who made it. I was sort of like, yeah, they probably suck. That tracks like how many people with billions of dollars don't suck. Like even as a 17 year old, I kind of implicitly understood that like ceos and bosses were shitty you know i didn't have like a marxist outlook by any means but i just you know i worked a job i hated my boss Mm -hmm. i didn't like most of my teachers like it was just like yeah okay they probably suck that makes sense but i just felt like the movie didn't understand the thing that it was about it didn't understand why people used it really and um it it just seemed like all of the commentary and all of the critiques to the extent that they even existed within the movie were like, oh, this is a 50-year-old man who doesn't own a computer complaining <laughs> about kids and their Facebook statuses or whatever. That's what it felt like. The adults who liked it felt like that. those kinds of adults. And yes. in the back yes. of my head, I was just always kind of like, this is fucking lame. This is old people trying to understand young people shit and they don't get it. And they're just trying to tell me to, you know, the version now of like zoomers get off your fucking phone and look yeah. at the fucking sunset or whatever. And you know, you know what it reminded me of is like, you remember in, I think 2018 when Zuck had to do the congressional testimony of course. about, yep. you know, about like the sharing of personal information you know, and, and Facebook mining personal information and whatever. Mm -hmm. And I remember at the time, I mean, we already, I already had a million reasons to think Zuckerberg was an idiot and an asshole. And yet, and yet watching his testimony and watching these Congress people ask him questions, the Congress people were so clueless. They were so stupid. They asked questions that were so dumb you know, like, can I if, if yeah. I log on to the Facebook? Are you telling me that everyone's going to know the pornographic sites I've visited? Like, just the stupidest yeah, totally. self-owning questions. 
all of which Zuckerberg had to sort of, you know, patiently explain, you know, like, well, yeah, no, you don't have to give your credit card when you log on to Facebook. Like he's patiently yeah. explaining these things. And it made, it made me him sympathetic. look yes to yeah. him. Like, like, yeah. like, how can you people be so up your own ass that you make Mark Zuckerberg look good? The guy who yeah. literally most of us don't believe is a human being. Yes, there's an yeah. entire corner of the internet dedicated to him being literally an alien from another planet, and somehow these Congress people managed to make him look like the smartest person in the room. Yeah, and he I looks feel like, like the, the movie. Um, the alien from The Simpsons that's not yeah, actually yeah. an alien, that's Mr. Burns or whatever. Yeah. I think it's Mr. Yeah. Burns. Yeah, that's what Zuck looks like, is yeah. the fake alien from The Simpsons. But anyways, except, please. Except that in those hearings, they made him seem like the normal one. And yeah, I feel like absolutely. this movie had the vibe of being made by the same uh, people. And, people. And, yeah. and populated by many of the same people. Like, when they're sitting in the... And I this scene made me so mad. But the scene where they're sitting in one of the in one of the hearings and everyone's there and the lawyers are there and Zuckerberg's there and someone's asking him a question. And he, he, it's the scene where he looks outside and says, it's raining, it's uh, raining outside. And then, you know, turns around and gives a smug answer to the questions that he didn't want to answer, which is designed to make us, the audience say, wow, he seemed like a petulant child, but actually he's the smart one. He's actually smarter than everyone else. Yeah. Yes. And I just felt like that and scene was designed – like, I know that the movie was made before the congressional hearings, but it had the the same of vibe course. of, yeah. like, why are we making Zuckerberg look like the smart one? He is not this smart. He does not deserve to be coming across as the smart one. But because dumb people sure. are yeah. talking about him, they're making him come across as the smart one. Yes. And so this this gets into actually two – Two of my big criticisms of this movie, you, you you touched on both of them very rapidly there. And one, and this is a thing that's I'm just going to say it and then I, and then we'll move on, because I understand that at, at a certain point, like you can't the movie is what it is. And they they were making it when they were making it. And it's a an error, in my opinion. But it's also like I can't be angry at a movie for not pre predicting the future. You know, because it's like it's hard to predict the future. Sure. I don't I wouldn't have been able to predict the future in 2010 either. So, you know, whatever, that's fine. But there is an element to this where it's like making a movie about Facebook in 2010 is like making a movie about the Beatles in 1964 about their, <laughs> that's supposed to be about their entire career. Uh -huh. Right. That's not a hard day's night. It's like yeah. a documentary on the cultural impact of the Beatles that, <laughs> that comes out before help. Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. you know, it's just like the story's not done yet. It's not, yeah. it hasn't even started yet. Like, yeah, the story of what Facebook is has basically nothing to do yeah. with anything that happens in this movie. And like I said, it, I don't want to harp on it too much because, as I mentioned before, I think you could make a good movie about this, but it it is just the the big dark cloud hanging over the entire thing is like, how the fuck did you make this movie Yeah, in 2010? But anyway. Well, yeah, like as an audience, as uh, watching it now, you're waiting for anything real to happen and yes. nothing real happens nothing of consequence about mark zuckerberg really besides i guess like the creation you know of the site in the first place but other than that nothing of substance happens and and obviously yeah like that's not the fault of the film exactly but it makes watching it super weird because you're and like, also 
makes it incredibly difficult to understand why so much praise has been heaped on it retroactively. Oh, because yeah. I watch this movie and I'm like, this is so dated. But like, yeah. you know, only three or four years ago, people were saying like, no, this is the best movie of the decade or whatever. It's just oh, it's crazy. Um, that is crazy. But and then the other the other thing is that it just gets Mark Zuckerberg all wrong, in my opinion. Like, it does not remotely come close to what Mark Zuckerberg's deal is. And I, I say that as a value-neutral statement. Like, I don't have a problem with him being portrayed as a visionary who, like, made this company because he had this vision. Uh, I don't have a problem with him being portrayed as a stupid guy. I don't have a problem with him being portrayed as an asshole. I don't have a problem with him being portrayed as someone who contains multitudes. Like, I don't have a political axe to grind with the way Zuckerberg is treated nearly as much as I have, like, a factual axe to grind. Because there is just so much shit in this movie that is just purely made up. And you see this criticism from people who don't like Mark Zuckerberg and from people who did like Mark Zuckerberg, like people who were involved in the founding of Facebook. I, uh, I'll throw some sources in the episode description so that I don't get bogged down trying to read through tons of articles or whatever. But something that comes up a lot over and over again is people just being like, this is not what Zuck was like. Like this he is was so not interesting. This is so interesting to me because, and I'll let you finish. I don't mean to cut, cut you off. But it's so interesting to me because we we both hate this movie and we mm -hmm. both, I think, have fundamentally – it's like we, we hate different things. Mm -hmm. um, but like, like, like I hear what you're saying. I didn't know. I don't know mm -hmm. that much about the guy. And so sure, sure. that it gets him wrong isn't even close to what was bothering me, although I fully am sympathetic to that being what, what bothers you. And yet what bothers me is – is like the intrinsic, like knowing nothing about the mm -hmm, the people mm -hmm. and just like what is the purpose of this film and trying to follow, you know, if we sure. just assume these are characters, if this was fictional, what's the purpose of the film, which for me is is utterly incoherent and and therefore because yeah. of what it's trying to sort of sometimes say and what it ends up saying, I think deeply misogynistic and deeply oh, harmful. Yes. Absolutely. So, yes. But it's funny, right? Because like we have these very, very different criticisms that are both that like how how is yeah, this well, a critically acclaimed film? My God. Yeah. So I'm 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 sort of burying the lead here. And when I get to it, I think it'll be like an aha moment for you and you'll realize that we actually do have the same criticism of the, of okay. the movie, but okay. we're just coming at it kind of from from different angles. So just to 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 very quickly get yeah, at the yeah. heart of the Zuck thing, I, I did a lot of research on this movie and on him to kind of try to understand, like, what the deal with this movie is. And it's and it's sort of a it's a funny thing where um, when I initially started watching it, the factual inaccuracy accuracy of it didn't necessarily bother me that much. But the more I learned and the more I read the more pissed off I got because the descriptions that you get of Zuck from basically everyone who was around him at the time was this is not what he was like. He was a relatively like outgoing and gregarious guy. He had a tendency to like talk at outdoor volume. He was easily excitable. He was kind of a, uh, a vibrating geek who was just mm. like always so like, 
the sort of vision you might have of like a tech guy who's like, I have the fucking greatest ideas or whatever. Um, but one thing that most people seem to agree on is that for better or worse, Zuckerberg thought he was making the thing that I kind of described a thing mm-hmm. that would make people more connected would, you know, democratize information or whatever, like the stupid bullshit tech bro stuff that these people think. Right. Mm -hmm. And in my humble opinion, I actually think a movie about a guy who starts off trying to make because it is basically the story of the Internet, a guy who starts trying to starts off trying to make a thing that's going to make it easier to share information and easier to connect with people and, you know, make uh, information more accessible or whatever ends up making a demonic hell scape <laughs> or whatever. That's an interesting movie in my opinion. But the thing yeah. about this movie is that it's not about Mark Zuckerberg. It's not about Facebook. It's not about Eduardo Saverin. It's not about tech. This movie is about Aaron Sorkin as every Aaron Sorkin <laughs> thing is. This movie is about a guy who sucks to be around. Who's a smart ass who's an asshole, who has prob- who has trouble with women, but who's just so goddamn smart. And that's why people don't like him. That's really uh-huh. why people don't like him. It's just because he's just so fucking goddamn smarter than everybody else. <laughs> and every once in a while, he just gets to really fucking show everyone that he's the smartest guy in the room. And that's what, that's what this fucking movie is about. And it's uh-huh. what Aaron Sorkin's entire life is about. And, you know, the fact that Zuck is an asshole and that people don't like him is totally undercut over and over again by what a genius this movie clearly seems to think he is. And mm-hmm. it basically ends up creating the vibe of what I, what I would describe as basically house. If house was neither funny nor interesting, nor actually intelligent mm-hmm. and was just unprofessional and an asshole Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah okay so that does that it's funny that does connect with my criticism too and 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 what you're saying pisses me off in the sense that yeah this is sort of framed as a biopic that is meant to give us insight into the personality behind Facebook so that we might understand what it became, which of course is a stupid thing to have done like a few years after it was created. But even if we say generously, you know, maybe the filmmakers believed they had some some insight into what it would turn into and this is their attempt to tell us why it became what it became, um, to get the guy so wrong in that way um, – it like just does a massive disservice and that probably does actually go a long way to explaining what for me was the biggest problem with the film, which is that the, the film is trying, I think that the, and I, and I, you're (laughs) the way that you explain that this is about Aaron Sorkin absolutely like brings this full circle for for me and for what my criticism is, because my criticism is that, um, they made a film that seems on the surface like it's supposed to be about, hey, there's this 
there's this tech guy, Zuckerberg. Everyone thinks he's cool because he created Facebook, but he's actually a misogynist and he's actually shitty to women. And the fact that he's a nerd doesn't, doesn't serve as a blanket. It's not a justification. He can't hide behind that. He's not a genius. He's just a guy that hates women because he can't get laid and mm -hmm. is insecure and shitty. And the first scene of the movie, this is why I, that's why I said that if the movie was only the first scene, I'd, I'd like it. Because the mm -hmm. first scene does that. I think does it pretty well. It's actually a really good and I, and I think actually fairly, um, uh, I don't know, it rings true. It feels like an yeah, authentic kind of scene. It's one of the few cases where, and it just, it's one of those things that gets destroyed over the course of the movie because it's just every scene is like this and every line of dialogue is like this and no one fucking talks like this. Mm -hmm. But in the first scene and mm -hmm. in a, it, and a little bit at the beginning of the movie when he's talking to himself, it kind of works because mm -hmm. it's an uh, it's an example of or it's a context where being pompous and being overly talky is a bad thing, but it's also presented as a bad thing. Yes, exactly. But the, pro the problem is that eventually you get through the entire movie. And um, I, I have a note in here somewhere where I said, isn't it crazy how Sean Parker talks exactly the same way that <laughs> yeah. Mark Zuckerberg does? And uh -huh. isn't it crazy that every male character in this movie <laughs> talks exactly the same way yeah. Mark Zuckerberg does? Like, maybe yeah. not as fast, <laughs> maybe not like maybe not as fucking smart, but yeah. just the exact same cadence and the exact same uh wittiness and banter and i'm sorry to to uh interrupt your point but <laughs> this is a thing that came up when we talked about glass onion too uh -huh. i hate when people call aaron sorkin witty because it's like it's not witty if you write people saying stupid shit as a setup to someone having a snappy comeback mm -hmm. you wrote it in so that that person was stupid so yeah. that someone else could say something like it's, yeah. you know, uh, uh, it's the, the foghorn leghorn thing from, yeah. from Glass Onion, where it's like, yeah. you fucking wrote the character to sound like foghorn leghorn. It's not witty <laughs> for someone to point it out. It's yeah. just obvious. Anyways, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> just... No, I, I agree. And, and, and for me, it's like, yeah, that snappy sort of, okay, I'm a, I'm an obsequious nerd thing. It works in the first scene because he could be a stand in. He could be mm -hmm. a stand-in for every shitty misogynistic nerd, um, which there are so many now. And, and especially at the time that movie came out, 2010, it's right at the moment where there's this kind of, um, you know, pop cultural moment of like, nerds are cool. Nerdy, being nerdy is in. Everyone's a nerd. Um, you know, nerd goes from a pejorative thing in the eighties to this kind of mm -hmm. like cool thing. And, and it always had, there was always this kind of thing where like nerdy guys talking about how, you know, well, no, girls never like the nice guy. And, you know, what's, yeah, I'm a little different. No, I just like to speak facts. I just like to say the fact. All of this yeah, totally. stuff, right? That is deeply misogynistic and baked into that culture. And if you just had that first scene with Zuckerberg doing that and this girl saying, and I, what I think is actually the best line in the movie, um, 
you know, the, the one, I know I won't get it exactly right, but the one that's sure. basically like, I'm breaking up with you. You're going to say it's because like, you know, you're, you're a nerd and you're, you have bad social skills, but yeah. really it's because you're an asshole. Exa- yeah, totally. And that's Which a is, good yeah, line. Pretty that's good. A genuinely yeah. good line. I mean, is it a little obvious? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, there, know, and there's not, a few of these, like yeah. not the, that, that's the thing about this movie is it's lumpy. Like it's uh-huh. not a, it's not a smooth turd where everything no. is just equally shitty. Like, yeah. It's got things about it that are good. Like there's there's you know, I was joking about like if it doesn't have anything to do with Aaron Sorkin, it might be good. Like <laughs> there's one like five second scene where um Mark Zuckerberg is watching everyone else party through a screen door <laughs> and there's no dialogue, and I was like, Fuck, that's good. <laughs> like that's what the movie should be. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that five seconds of of him doing that says way more than any of the fucking dialogue in this movie does. <laughs> yeah. And um most of the dialogue is so painfully expository and yeah, unnecessary. Like really it's so plotting. Only a couple of things that 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 stand out as not being terrible. And like uh-huh. that's one of them. Yeah. Um the part where they where he describes the importance of the relationship status, I think would mm-hmm. be good in a movie that wasn't spamming yeah. that fucking exact type of thing over and yeah. over again. Yeah. And then there was one line in this movie that once again, I think in another movie I would think was funny, which is, uh, which is when the Winklevi are like, uh, talking about rowing. It's always come, always comes back to rowing. <laughs> All my favorite. Parts of this movie are about yeah. rowing because it's the only thing Aaron Sorkin can write about is sports. <laughs> the reason why Moneyballs is only good movie yeah. that he's done yeah. is that sports are the only thing where things actually work this way, <laughs> where everyone can be pompous and corny yeah. and fucking meritocratic because that's what sports is. But there's this part where the Winklevire are like they're arguing over like it's they're like, oh, this is too easy, like one of us should just start rowing in the other direction yeah, and the other yeah. one's like oh well we're genetically identical so science says we just stay in the same place yeah. which is like kind of funny in a different movie where once again just yeah. they aren't spamming that type of dialogue over yeah, and over yeah. again but yeah. you know like i said there are there are a couple things like it it gestures and at things yes. that could be yes. interesting but it just never really stays on any of it long enough to to take you anywhere basically and and that's the the conclusion of my my main critique which is like it starts out and and you know setting aside whether zuckerberg was really like this it starts out with this scene that says nerd culture is and tech bro culture it's not just socially awkward guys who are mistreated they are assholes they have asshole opinions about women they objectify uh, women and they treat women badly and they they are entitled and they think that they uh, you know deserve women's attention and that's at the core of this culture that's a good point that's a fair point it's made a little bit heavy-handedly but i accept that the problem is i don't think he actually believes it the filmmaker and aaron yeah. sorkin i don't think they actually yeah. believe it i think they want to they want to put that on the table as like, oh, no, I, I'm smart. I've, I'm reflecting on my misogyny. Mm-hmm. And then they go on and make a misogynistic film. There is not a single female character in the movie, bes- unless you count the one line that they give to um, um, Erica, Rashida uh, Jones. Rooney Mara. 
Yes. Oh, and, yes. and Rashida Jones. And Rashida yeah, Jones yeah, at the right, end, sorry, yes. uh, which is a dumb line, but like, okay, as a character, well, she's yeah. given one line and it's supposed to be a smart line. And Rooney yeah, Mara's sure. character at the start. Um, but even Rooney Mara's character, who has the, 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 is the most solid woman in the film and, and seems to be, I would argue, is supposed to be framed as the, the conscience. It's like she is the one person yes. here who is speaking out against misogyny. And you know what they fucking did? In the scene where Zuckerberg confronts her in a restaurant, and again, yeah. she tells him off. And I'm thinking, okay, cool. This is good. She's standing up for herself. Fuck this guy. Whatever. Yeah. The last thing they do, and this made me so mad I wanted to fucking throw shit, is they give her a throwaway line while Zuckerberg is walking away where she makes fun of Facebook and calls it your video game. So yeah, what that I know. does- I know. What what that accomplishes in that moment is to say, this stupid girl doesn't even understand he's making Facebook. Yes. He's, he is a genius Absolutely. who's pr- producing Facebook, yeah. and this girl thinks it's just a video game. So that's misogynistic. You took the one female character who isn't fucking dancing and doing drugs for guys at parties, and you mm-hmm. give her a line that, that is designed for the audience to say, what a fucking idiot. So the movie yeah, is misogynistic. Exactly. The movie itself is misogynistic it's, and it celebrates Zuckerberg and it celebrates his yes. misunderstood genius, even though they told us at the start, hey, this is a movie about how misunderstood geniuses aren't actually geniuses. They're assholes. They're misogynists. Yeah. What the fuck? Exactly. What the fuck are it, we doing? It constantly undercuts any point it might be trying to make. Exactly. And, and as you, as you pointed out, like, does, does, does David Fincher think this movie is about misogyny and is, is and is uh you know showing the world the misogyny of of this you know particular milieu maybe Sorkin definitely doesn't though Sorkin no. definitely doesn't have any understanding of what he's even trying to do with a lot of this I would argue because this is what constantly happens and the the woman stuff in this movie is amazing and I want to return to it in a second but that scene you pointed out that wasn't even the thing about it that bothered me. There's like a there's another part where she goes uh and this is clearly, you know, he clearly thought this was so fucking funny when he wrote it. You called me a bitch on the internet, Mark. The internet. Another uh-huh. line that's clearly like this woman's stupid, you know? Yeah. And yep. if it's not, then then you're just stupid. So it comes yeah. so it's like this movie either is doing the thing that I think it's doing or it's just poorly written, you know, yeah. like like yeah. it's one of those things where you don't get a you don't get a, a a a better grade because you didn't mean to present it that way. Exactly. If, if that's what I'm getting out of it. And I, I want to add too, by the way, that the the things that we've talked about here about Zuckerberg um, uh, being like cool and being a tortured genius or whatever, um this is not just our thoughts and this is not us misunderstanding the movie. This was a consistent theme that came back over and over and over again. And uh, at, later on, I can go in and I can, I can go and find who the specific people were. Um, but, um, there was a, there was a guy, um, uh, Dave Knox, who's a, like a brand management guy, um, and has done like a bunch of consulting and stuff. He said, this movie will inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs. So Ugh. like, that's one thing. So that's one takeaway from this. Um, there's another uh, uh, review by that uh, that guy, um, 
uh, he writes uh, the blog Lefsitz letter. I cannot remember his first name, uh, but it's it's like Dave Lefsitz or somebody. Um, he said the like the same thing. He was like, this movie is about how techies are the new rock stars. Um, uh, there was a uh, an article. Yeah, here. So this is um, this is an article in CNN by Pete Cashmore where he said uh, that's called why my, uh, why Zuckerberg should like the Facebook movie. And there's a uh, if you go on the Wikipedia article for this movie, you can find people who know Mark Zuckerberg or, or who are sympathetic to him saying Mark shouldn't be upset at this movie because it ultimately portrays him as a like singularly driven genius. Uh-huh. So if this many people took that away from this exactly. movie, exactly. this movie was a failure. That's exactly. just my even if it didn't mean to do that yeah that's what people took away from it exactly i know that's always into this death of the author stuff i think it's more complicated than that sometimes but there's just so little meat on the bone here Uh that i just think like that is the most damning evidence of it being a failure that i could possibly pull up yeah and and that's exactly agreeing with me essentially yeah and that's exactly what i meant about it being totally incoherent because it's like because because there are because just as there are people who had that reaction, the one you were just describing, there's probably also a lot of critics. I imagine this is part of why the film did so well, who took away from it like, oh, yeah, no, this is a this is a interesting criticism of the misogyny that runs through, you know, this culture. Um, and, and you can you can feel the ways in which the movie's trying to gesture back to that. I mean, this this character, his ex-girlfriend who. Um, is the only, basically the only female character of any substance. I mean, the way that they who, portray the who other Who is also women, completely made up, by the way. Yeah. I just need to throw that in there. Like, Unbelievable. Th- this is made up. <sighs> this lady did not exist. There was a, there was a girl that from the blog post where he did the face mash thing, there was a girl that he called a bitch. And then he started doing all this stuff. But there's no, like, a lot of people have chronicled this. There's people there was a guy who was like basically the, you know, the embedded journalist who covered all of this stuff and knew Zuck from the beginning and wrote a book about it and whatever. Um, th- This ex-girlfriend that he was spurned by that that made him want to create Facebook does not exist. She's made up. We know he called some lady a bitch when he made the face mash thing, but it's actually really not clear if face mash really had anything to do with him actually eventually doing Facebook and coming up with the idea for Facebook and all contemporary evidence suggests that Mark Zuckerberg was actually already with his wife when (laughs) all of this was happening. So, so so what we have then to back to where you started, this is we have Aaron Sorkin rewriting the character of Mark Zuckerberg to be him, to be himself. And, and it becomes, it becomes Aaron Sorkin is going to work through his own misogyny. He's going to point out that the, the, his own misogynistic views and the ways that they, you know, uh, you know, harm his relationships with women, except that he still does that in the film. He still is misogynistic in the making and constructing of the film. So it's like, okay, this girl, this ex-girlfriend who is supposed to be the moral conscience, but actually, you know, he makes her, he writes her to be smug and arrogant and wrong and not understanding Mark Zuckerberg. But then at the end, 
The last thing we see is poor Mark is Fuck. he's actually lonely and he's looking her up. He adds her on Facebook because he's fucking lonely. Hate the, and even at the time, I fucking hated the end of this movie so much. It's like, um, what is he trying to say? Is he is and and again, like the incoherence of it. It's like, are you trying to to come back to a point that he's actually a misogynist, and what really bothers him is that he can't get this girl to like him? If so, make that point, make it properly. Don't make a misogynistic movie about it. On the other hand, are you trying to say the poor guy? He just he deserves to have like, what are you trying to say here, Aaron Sorkin? Well, the- the thing that really bothers me is the line that Rashida Jones has, where she says, you're not an asshole. You're just trying really hard to convince everyone that you are or something like that. And I had an argument with someone recently where they were like, do you think this movie is endorsing like Mark Zuckerberg and what happens? And and my my feeling about it was like, no, it's it's worse than that. It's not endorsing. What Mark Zuckerberg does or what he did or what he does over the course of this movie or his actions it's endorsing who he is which is a genius Uh which is a guy who you know who's an asshole to women and who uh is you know uh, uh fucks over his friend or whatever who very very disappointingly only gets to be the 85th richest guy in the world and not the eighth richest guy in the world like mark zuckerberg is which is like a funny detail that never comes out of this yeah um yeah and that's the other thing too like like andrew garfield's really doing his best with this role but something that you also can't really dance around at all is that like this is the guy you're supposed to feel sympathetic to and he is every bit as misogynistic as just as uh Mark Zuckerberg is in this movie. There's a scene early in the movie where he's talking about Asian girls that like, I do not understand why, how this movie is not canceled now. No kidding. Like it's just, and again, it's like, well, and I have an answer though to that. I have an answer to that, which is that I think, I think people wanted to believe that that stuff was critical People wanted to believe, people watched the movie and wanted to believe that, oh, this is a critical portrayal. This is, yes, this character's doing some racism. And that's because we need to understand that there's still racism in the world. And that that, that even at Harvard University, there's still some racism. Like, but that, but then here's the incoherence of it. They take the guy who says the racist thing and then make him like one of the good guys. The good guy uh, of the movie, what? the guy you're supposed to sympathize right? with. Yeah, exactly. This film is, yeah. uh, on the one hand, I think supposed to be telling us like, oh, you know, you think that Harvard is is filled with really great upstanding people, but actually, you know, it's quite shady and there's some quite strange things. Look at these weird rituals and hazing that they do. And yet, they also basically tell us that Harvard is amazing and it rocks and it's and uh, and these things yeah. are cool. And look at how cool Rowing Club is. And like... The yeah. film doesn't know if it's criticizing this stuff or celebrating it, and at no point does it give us any clarity on that. It just it just shows us these things. And at the end, and this comes back to what you said about the, the last line, at the very end, the, they basically say, well, you know, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I know that people have good hearts. <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's like, what it's, the last line it's just means. Sort of one of this, one of... It's a classic to me, like stupid guys understanding of the world or stupid guys like point that he would make with a movie, which is to basically be like, 
well, we show a guy do do some doing something good, but then we show him doing something bad, and then we go like, wow, the duality of man. Like, <laughs> yeah. who's to say? And it's like, fucking yeah. shut up. Who yeah. cares? Like, yeah. I, that's just, not interesting. Like, it just goes it, to it, show you, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the um, it, it's funny. So the my the one saving grace of this movie is that it made me watch Citizen Kane. Um, because through like a very long web of like different, you know, reasons or whatever. I, so I was, I knew we had to do this movie. I wanted to watch some other David Fincher movies to kind of get a sense of how I feel about the guy. Uh, I feel very similar, I guess, about David Fincher as I do about Christopher Nolan. He's pretty good for the most part at making movies that are slick and watchable but i don't think he's ever really made a masterpiece um i i don't even know if he's really can even consistently get above like a three and a half out of five mm-hmm. but i get why people like him and that's sure yeah. um i tried to watch mank i got to the scene where mank describes socialism as sharing the wealth and communism as sharing the poverty and i tapped out <laughs> i couldn't do it anymore Thank um you. but i will give it i uh, i um i will say that it is interesting, at least, to portray Herman J. Mankiewicz as being inspired to write Citizen Kane because of his guilt over kind of being semi-responsible for the failure of the uh, Upton Sinclair campaign in California. That is at least an interesting, like, nugget, an interesting idea. I don't mm-hmm. know if it is a movie, but it's at least something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that made me, I was like, I'm going to watch Mank. But I, but if I'm going to watch it, I better watch Citizen Kane again, because I when I watched it, I was fucking high out of my gourd and I didn't get anything out of it. Um, and Citizen Kane, unlike this movie, absolutely deserving of every uh, bit of praise that it's ever gotten. And it's like status as one of the best movies of all time. But there's a um, I was reading a lot about that movie and there's a there's like an apocryphal, possibly apocryphal uh, story that Gore Vidal said that uh rosebud the like you know central thing in the movie i don't want to i'm i don't want to spoil an 80 year old movie for people who haven't (laughs) seen it but his last word that you don't find out what it means until the very end of the movie uh there was a an apocryphal possibly story that uh gore vidal said that's what william randolph hearst called his wife's clitoris (laughs) and this movie is basically that like if that was actually what the movie was about, it's like, <laughs> oh, what's the rosebud of Mark Zuckerberg's life? It's that he can't get laid. Like, uh-huh. and and I just find that like, I I understand it, and I think if the movie, I don't know, I guess did a better job of what it was trying to yeah. say, then I might yeah. have some. But it it is once again like a giant albatross around this movie's neck that it doesn't really seem like that's true. Like, it doesn't really, if you look at the facts and the evidence, it just doesn't really seem like that's actually what happened here. And it's, once again, just consistently undercut by the fact that ultimately you're still supposed to feel sympathetic for most of these guys, except for Sean Parker, who ironically, I think, is actually probably the most sympathetic guy involved (laughs) in the founding of Facebook. The only guy involved in the founding of Facebook who actually was smart 
like actually was very very high levels of intelligence okay. and actually did do something interesting and cool which yeah. is invent a way for you to steal music yeah um you I was know like say, yeah i was gonna say of all these things napster actually kind of was cool and yeah. um it, it is funny that i mean and again i didn't know i don't and didn't know anything about the actual people Sure. So I was watching them as characters, right? As as if they were sort of fictional characters. With the exception of Zuckerberg, I don't know that much about him. I know that he's not sure. as cool as they made him seem, but yeah. But for me it's like I wouldn't care. Um I don't care about Mark Zuckerberg and I wouldn't care if they made a biopic that was not accurate to his life. If they made a biopic that was that changed the details of his life in order to tell an important story about the way that nerd and tech culture is is deeply baked in misogyny, I would be totally okay with that. What I hate is that they they did a bait and switch, basically, where they were like, hey, are, are you interested in a movie that is about how nerd and tech bro culture is misogynistic? Cool. Come on in. Here's some here's some Trent Reznor music. Uh, and now mm. here's two hours of like boredom, tedium and misogyny. Like that's what the movie did. And it, and it just, yeah. I wouldn't mind the, the, uh, fictionalization of Zuckerberg and these other guys' lives if it was for a useful purpose. Mm-hmm. But it's so useless. It's less than useless. It's just totally incoherent. So, uh, I, this, this brings me to, I want to, um, we, I think we've, we've done a fairly good job of, uh, talking about what we dislike about this movie on a macro <laughs> level. I want to get a little bit more micro, uh, with a couple of just like, basically, I'm, I'm just going to go through some of my notes, uh, and just pick some of the greatest hits of like <laughs> stupid moments in this movie that made me either like get extremely mad or laugh my ass off. But before I do that, I do just very quickly want to read from, uh, a brilliant article about, uh, Aaron Sorkin's awful fucking HBO show that I have somehow seen every episode of the newsroom, um, starring Jeff Daniels about basically, it's basically the West wing, but instead of the president, it's Keith Olbermann and the fucking news. And it is one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. Like as much as we've complained about this movie, I would rather watch 12 seasons of this movie than watch the newsroom again. It it is (laughs) truly a, uh, a vile experience. Um, so this is a, an article that was published in Salon in 2012 by Alex Perrine, who's a great writer, um, titled Aaron Sorkin versus reality. And, um, I, uh, I'm going to read from it because I think it just explains, um, what is so irritating about his writing style, uh, better than I could on my own. Uh, so just, uh, starting off here. He has a limited bag of tricks. Even his sparkling banter is one note. His characters always say exactly, precisely what they mean at all times. There's no subtext, no irony, nothing ever left unspoken in his dialogue. His characters don't even get to be sarcastic without someone asking them if they're being sarcastic. Everyone alternates between speechifying, quipping, and dumbly setting up other people's quips. It's exhausting. The guy can write a memorable line, but he repeats himself so much that you start to wish he'd maybe allow some of the other writers on his shows to write something. His work also gets things deeply, pointlessly wrong. 
No big deal in a purely fictional universe, but dodgy when dealing with real events or, in the case of the social network, engaging in the biography of a man still living. Sorkin fit the broad details of Mark Zuckerberg's life and Facebook's founding into the only sort of story he is interested in and able to tell. It's well and good to say Sorkin's sole responsibility is to entertain, but I think an obnoxious little Sorkin analog character would probably look askance at some Hollywood screenwriter who took such liberties with the truth in the service of disposable entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other hand, the moral responsibilities of an artist dealing with real-world material is maybe the sort of question too thorny for Sorkin's paper-thin characters to dispense with in a quick Act 3 speech. Um, And I think that really does completely sum up this thing that we've talked about before in previous episodes where it's like, you can see the hand of the filmmaker or the hand of the screenwriter so obviously in everything that's happening mm-hmm. and not in the service of anything interesting. No, you know, like, yeah. cause there are other guys we've talked about, like Tarantino, his hands everywhere, always at all times. Mm-hmm. He cannot get his hands off the fucking movie for even a second, but at least when he does it, it's so like, some guy can get his dick shot off or something like (laughs) it's like doing something, you know, Uh like there are, there are things happening. Um, (laughs) The dialogue is actually memorable or Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, that just brings me to a a few uh, things that I, I would love to get your comment on as well, but that, you know, I'll just sort of do like a, uh, a top uh, five or top 10, depending on how many I have here, sort of like, (laughs) hilariously annoying uh moments in in the script in particular um which uh <laughs> which starts with I, I so when they're doing these uh the the movie is sort of framed um partly like some of it is it's not always clear where the narrating is supposed to come from and this is another thing where like comparing it to citizen kane like with Citizen Kane, it's always so clear whose version of the story you're getting. In this movie, it's like it starts with um, just a an omniscient like uh, Mark Zuckerberg doing these things. And then it starts to cut in these court deposition or I guess they're they're It's pre court or whatever. But these like, you know, these lawsuit things. And it's like sometimes it seems like someone's narrating it and then other times it's not clear if it's just like supposed to be omniscient or not. Yeah, um, it's so shoddy. It's just so shoddy. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, but there's a, a part where they're talking about him um, making face mash, I guess. And somebody, I think it's Eduardo, but it could be someone else, um, says he was blogging simultaneously like and the fucking weight that is given to that line is like they're talking about Shohei Otani like this guy can blog and make a website at the same time yeah. and which once again is just like this is fucking like Aaron Sorkin wrote this on a typewriter he yeah. didn't own a computer at the yeah. time that he was fucking doing this like yeah yeah no he uh, like he's that's 100% those congress people being like now are you do you mean to tell me that if I give the Facebook my password it's gonna get into my bank account like yeah, just this yeah. incredibly out of touch I mean you don't have to be a computer genius 
to understand that blogging is just typing out some thoughts. Yeah. It's not, it's not coding. It's not, it's not fucking doing nuclear physics. It's just writing. No, and hey, it's like, what's up? it probably takes time for shit to load. And so while shit's loading. Yeah. He's yeah. like, uh, yeah, and this is what I was thinking about at the time. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to make the point that it's like not, you know, like, yeah, sure. It probably, it takes a, uh, a, a lot of acumen with, you know, whatever he was doing to be able to go that back and forth very easily between like writing out your thoughts on and then doing the actual thing. I'm not saying it's not, uh, you know, a impressive isn't even the right word, but like, yeah. I'm not saying it's like, oh, well, anyone could do that. I'm just saying like, it's not the hallmark it, of a genius. You're making it fucking sound like Shohei Otani be yeah. leading the league in, you know, uh, ERA and home runs at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Like, it's yeah. not that fucking impressive, you know? No. So no. this is followed up uh, almost immediately with um, the... Uh, uh, and this is just a, this is just a really small thing, but the uh, Winklevi saying they want to, or maybe their their other uh, their other buddy or whatever, saying they want to hire the Sopranos to hit him <laughs> in the head with a hammer or something, uh-huh. and it's just like uh, I don't know why that bothered me so much. But I know, just like get, saying get that, like get that word out of your mouths. Yeah, and and just the way that they say it too, like not I want to hire Tony Soprano. Yeah, I want to hire the Soprano. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. so you want to hire Tony and AJ and Carmella yeah. and Melody? Yeah. I don't know. Like it's like it's yeah. like saying like it, it's it's got a very like thinking Pink Floyd is one of the guys in Pink Floyd <laughs> vibes to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then my my absolute favorite, like I was screaming at the TV in anger moment is when um they're they're doing the court deposition thing and they ask why um he didn't uh ask the Winklevi to invest money in Facebook and instead asked Eduardo which you know it it is worth saying too the Winklevi could be excised from this movie entirely there's really Completely. zero point in any zero. of it yeah. the only real reason that they're there i would argue is to pr- provide like a level of relief from everything else uh-huh, yeah. because like none of their stuff is good. It's like simultaneously the best and worst stuff in the movie because it's the worst because it's pointless and it has nothing to do with anything, but it is at least kind of like there. I, I wouldn't describe it as funny, but it's, it's almost funny it's because they're so humor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the performances are credible and it's like with funnier dialogue, some of this could have really crackled yeah. because they are like a good target um, yeah. as these like stuffy Harvard guys or whatever, yeah. Yeah. but it just never really works out. And it, it also makes the mistake of making Larry Summers appear like the most human guy in the movie, which is yeah. a, a war crime basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, uh, there's a, uh, there's a scene almost just moments later where, yeah, they ask him about, why did you get Eduardo to invest instead of these guys? And he goes, you know, because Eduardo was my best friend. And then the guy goes, well, your best friend is suing you for $600 million. And then literally the next scene within two lines of dialogue, like they say like less than 30 words. There's a very quick back and forth. And then 
The guy refers to Eduardo Saverin as Eduardo. Eduardo's counsel, counsel says, please call him Mr. Saverin. And then the guy goes, well, they're, it's, it's fine. They're best friends. And then the other person goes, not anymore. And it's like, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Like, show, don't tell. Yeah, Jesus how Christ. Dumb, how dumb do you think we are? You fucking both, you, you like, basically, you, you barely didn't tell by having him be like well he well, your best friend is suing you which is like almost barely barely counts as showing and not telling yeah and then the very basically next line of dialogue is oh by the way did you get that they're not friends anymore and uh, this comes up like a few more times where the movie is just banging you over the head like hey did you know that these guys aren't friends anymore like yes jesus christ it's like the songs that I wrote when I was like 16 yeah. and I was exploring songwriting and I, and it was like, okay, well, I really don't want, I don't want anyone to misunderstand, you know, that I feel lonely. So I'm going to say it a couple more times in different ways. Like it's so yeah. juvenile. It's so, it's so childlike. It's just, you know, it, what it, and it's funny because with all the accolades, the big names involved, I really I wasn't prepared for how amateurish the whole thing feels. I was expecting to be annoyed by the movie in many ways. Um, I was, but, but I was expecting it to be fairly slick and it's, it's shockingly amateurish, particularly in, in the script writing. Like it's shockingly, shockingly amateurish. And I think that's the thing uh, that, that I was sort of getting at by describing it as lumpy is like the, the fact that the performances are, reasonably like are quite credible and the music is good and the camera work is is good really makes how bad the script is shine to me like yeah it really makes it stand out in a way that if the whole movie was just kind of amateurish it would just feel mind-numbing yeah but this is like the 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 things that are stupid really punch you in the face with how stupid they are and like yeah they're out of place um, this this uh this brings me back to Another thing that I think is so funny about this movie that I forgot to say when you were talking about the scene where he's talking to Erica in the restaurant is she says um, something along the lines of, and once again, it's one of the better lines in the movie. She says like um, something along the lines of you behave as though like it would be a crime if every thought you ever had wasn't published somewhere or didn't, you know, you didn't put it out there in the world or whatever, obviously more succinct than I'm putting it. And I'll attach that to another thing that happens in the scene that I was just describing where he says, you know, your friend's suing you. And he says, I didn't know that. Tell me more. And it's like, these are thoughts that I am having as the (laughs) audience is like, this is what stands in for witty dialogue is like, for you to tell my thoughts to me by which being is so, like which is so embarrassing because it's like it is buddy you're the one that wrote this why are you why are you badly having one of your characters make fun of the script you wrote you could have just not written that line and then you wouldn't need your character to make fun of that line badly right? uh, okay yeah ab- absolutely yeah it's it it is uh, again that hand of the screenwriter thing of like if you write something bad and then have a character call attention to it being bad. It's <laughs> still bad. You could just edit it. You could yeah, just you edit could just the line. Yeah, you could just make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Write a better um, script. 
Okay, this this is one of those. This is I, I'm going to play a quick game where um, I, I and I'll, I'll only do this a couple times, but I'll just read you the note that I have about it, and <laughs> you can see if you remember what I'm talking about okay. or know what I'm talking about. So uh, this next one here is, for fuck's sake, Bosnia has roads. <laughs> do you remember that? Um. Uh, it's uh, I so remember it's Rashida Jones. Uh huh. And they're in um the you know he's alone uh in the room on his laptop or whatever about to uh it takes a long time over the course of the movie but it's like he's in the room where he will eventually uh do the rosebud thing of uh-huh. asking his girlfriend to be his friend on Facebook uh and. Rashida Jones asks him, oh, what are you doing? And he says, oh, I'm checking in on Bosnia. And she says, oh, Bosnia, they don't have roads, but they have Facebook. And I was like, what? <sighs> yeah, Shut you're up. right. Oh, my God. That's oh so my fucking God. stupid. Jesus Christ. I can't believe I haven't yelled about that one already. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm that surprised was... that, that that didn't stick with you. because It's late. Like, it's late in the movie. So I was already so beaten down and weathered. Having that a hard I... time paying attention. Yeah, at that exactly. Point, probably. Yeah. Oh. God, that is just oh. tell me, uh, Tyler, what, what is, you know, this is supposed to be about 2007, I think, or yeah, uh, the, no the, the road technology, road technology has not reached. Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah. did Bosnia have roads Southeast in 2007? Europe. I think they did. I'm going to I'm going to say that I think a country in like Eastern Europe and not, you know, in the mountains of Afghanistan. And that's supposed to be one of our smart characters. Yeah. Yeah. That's not exactly. that's not one of the dumbass twins where if you put that line in one of the dumbass twins, it would be like, okay, well it's not very funny, but I get it. You're it's like this is cuz they're dumb. But no, that line is spoken by one of the in fact, someone who is supposed to deliver the poignant closing message. Ugh, what a turd. Honestly, this this just entire um, run of of notes, I think, is funny. So I'm just going to read them off one at a time. Uh, First is, quote, I just slept with Sean Parker. I do think it's very funny. The idea that someone would know Sean Parker by name. No kidding. Like, I've never, Uh, ever heard. And at the time, never heard. No. If you had said the Napster guy, maybe. Oh, definitely. Maybe. That that would be credible. Sure, uh, sure. The thing of her being like, wait, wait a minute, you're the Napster guy? <laughs> yeah. I just slept with the Napster guy? That yeah. totally makes sense. Yeah. But no, like, to know him by name, it's just, it's very classic Aaron Sorkin thing of, like, thinking that everyone, like, you know, in Aaron Sorkin's universe, everyone is pulling from the same cultural reference po- uh, mm-hmm, pool mm-hmm. as Aaron Sorkin, yeah. which is we always all very know annoying. all the writers at the New York Times on a first name basis. Uh, I'll see if you remember this one. Aaron Sorkin thinks women are so dumb they'll die if they get out of the shower too fast. <laughs> um, OK, um, this is not related to the one where she tries to burn down Eduardo's apartment, right? It's not. Well, okay. we can talk about that in a second. Because, no. oh, my God. Yeah. Um, OK, no, so, this would be this would be the same scene. This would be the Sean Parker uh, right. yeah. scene in her apartment. When he he uh, he yells that. Because he's trying to get her attention, he yells that there's a snake. In right. The, uh, I'm being slightly unfair because what he actually thinks is that women uh, women are too stupid to come up with a reason 
yes. why it was dangerous for her to run out of the shower. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she oh. does. She's like, I could have died by and, falling, by getting out too fast. And then she's like, uh, the subtext is, I'm realizing as I'm saying this that I'm being a stupid bitch. So yeah. I'll just stop. It's actually, um, it's incredible, right? It's another, this is another moment where like these female characters are written to be so fucking dumb oh and, God, and yeah. clued out. And you're supposed to, at some level, they're, like, they're supposed to be this mirror upon which the tech bros are going to be reflected. And, and we're going to, through them, we're going to see that the tech bros are actually pretty shitty. And yet, he cannot stop himself from saying, these bitches are dumb. He that just not cannot a single, stop himself. Not a single woman in this movie is as smart as the dumbest male character. Exactly. In the movie, exactly. Like, w- with with the exception of maybe the Winklevoss. The Winklevosses, yeah. And maybe, uh, uh, like, and then a couple of, like, male characters that have one line. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, yeah. So uh, the next one is Facebook is so amazing that if you look at it for five seconds, you have to immediately contact the guy who made it. Um, <laughs> this is apparently yeah. more or less a real thing that happened. Oh, but wow. just the way it's portrayed in the movie is like, he looks at a single Facebook profile <laughs> and is like, yeah, get me Mark Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah. now. Like Jay Jonas Jameson looking for yeah. pictures of Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Um, it's like your eyes can't even process the screen fast enough for you to formulate the thought that this is the most ingenious website that's going to transform our society. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> this one, I don't even know what the context. I don't even remember what the context for this one was. But uh, Sean Parker founded Napster at nineteen. I don't care. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there's another moment where um, Eduardo Saverin, who clearly has an axe to grind with Sean Parker, is describing, um, like meeting Sean Parker, and he says he set a land speed record for talking. Uh-huh. And it's like, buddy, do you know what movie you're in? Yeah, no kidding. You're, you're sp- you just spent like all almost all the movie being best friends with Mark Zuckerberg. Exactly. And you're like, man, have you noticed that this guy talks a lot? Ugh. Shut up. Yeah. Fuck. Ah! Um. Oh, do you remember uh the uh the woman character who is uh in this movie for one scene? And she exists only to be unable to catch a beer that Mark Zuckerberg tosses to her. Oh, God. That yes. fucking rocked. Oh. That was so funny. Unbelievable. Like at, at that moment, I was actually like, this is genuinely impressive how much <laughs> yeah. you've been able to sneak into this movie. Because yeah. there's no reason why that needs to be in there no. at all. No. Like, it's just like you put this woman in the movie for one scene to make fun of her. Yeah. For no reason. It, yeah. it rocks, actually. It's, it's just it's pretty I, impressive. It, it is like it's just and it's incredible to be that clued out that you are going to be that you're going to be showing your ass as a misogynist when you tried to set this film up as like, oh, I'm going to be critical of misogyny. And then and then you like, again, I have to think at some level that some of this these scenes were included to sh- to say that the tech bros are the misogynists and look at how they treat these women, except that you, the filmmaker did it. You made the women dumb consistently. Yeah. Why? Uh, <sighs> okay. Let, uh, I have, I have one more thing and then I have a thing I kind of want to close on. Um, 
we we got to talk about um Eduardo Saverin's girlfriend because <laughs> yeah yes she is probably the woman who is featured the most in the movie I want to say um I mean it's she's it's consistent a, she's strangely consistent despite having almost no lines yeah it's kind of a three horse race like her Rashida Jones and Rooney Mara right mm-hmm. like they're all kind of in it equally but like you said like she's the one who appears the most consistently throughout the movie like mm-hmm. she's the one who's who's like in a weird sense like she's in the background a lot yeah she's in the action and she's yeah. she's she's the only like active participant in the movie she's the there two... she's consistently there yeah. like she's she's there when they meet sean parker she's there at a party like she's she's consistently just in scenes doing nothing but being there yes and she's there when they basically start um doing doing this whole like okay we're making facebook like here's how we're gonna do here's all the stuff here's what your job is here's what your job is and then her and another asian girl who has no lines who's but who's in you know just kind of there as her sidekick basically um she's sitting there next to her and then she says like is there anything we can do to help and they just kind of like stare at her blankly and this is her role in the movie (laughs) is to be stupid yeah. And and crazy, basically. And crazy. Yeah, well, that's the surprise. Um, the surprise bit is the crazy because, yes. you know, I'm watching this movie and, you know, increasingly getting angry because every girl they portray is just like, you know, it's all basically – I mean, it just – it felt like he just kept saying, girls are all dumb bitches and sluts, hey? And, yeah, and it you're really supposed does come to, across right? that way. And you're supposed to be kind of like – and you know because from that first scene, you know that that's not, – you're not supposed to agree with that. And yet he keeps telling – it's just – it's so confused. And so she's set up to be like, yeah, just a dumb bitch, just a dumb slut. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, it's like he reached into his bag of misogynistic tricks and was like, what else can I say about women? What else do I hate about women? Oh, yeah, they're all so crazy. Like, out of nowhere, yes. she goes from being a non-character who has no personality shows no signs of being crazy because she shows no signs of being anything. And suddenly she's well, burning other, apartments so one, down. One thing that makes her seem kind of crazy is uh, ravenously sucking Andrew Garfield's dick. <laughs> because he made Facebook before Facebook. Anyone knew what it was. That, that was pretty, uh, that was, that was probably a, came across as a little crazy i would say um grant you. not yeah. for the reason that the movie would think that it's crazy. no <laughs> no uh and yeah she uh apparently that that woman did exist like Ed, um i think set fire to a present he gave her but in her own dorm room after they broke up which i think is very different still yeah from what is portrayed too. in the movie like i think that that is because it's clear that from from the from the real story, I mean, assuming it's even true in the first place, which you know is dubious, considering it's coming from that book, which is you know mm-hmm. dubious in terms of its events and its descriptions of events at best. Uh, it's very clear to me what happened, which is like she was distraught. They're still pretty young, and she ceremoniously. I think a lot of people uh, remember doing something where. 
they they ceremoniously destroyed something mm-hmm. that used to be important to them for what I used to do, and this is not this is not related to um uh um uh, like uh relationships at all but me and my friends every year at the end of the school year used to there was a fire pit in my backyard and we used to ceremoniously take all our school work from the year yeah. and burn yeah. it in the fire pit and have like a a, a bonfire party mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. um you know so it's 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 one of those things where it's like yeah she probably shouldn't have done it in her dorm room or whatever but it's 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 not like wow crazy woman shit it's like yeah it's it's, it's, it's distraught a- spurned partnership and it's and 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 several steps away from sociopath i'm going to burn you i'm gonna burn your home down i'm gonna like and help me out here jackson was Mm -hmm. there any plot related purpose served by the scene where andrew garfield's girlfriend tries to burn down the apartment because my recollection is just that Andrew Garfield is undecided about whether he's going to stay involved or not be involved in Facebook. And is he getting cut out or not? And is getting a phone call and he's having a phone call with Mark Zuckerberg, which just coincides with his, his crazy girlfriend burning his house down. But why? To what end? For the purpose of the story, what is served by the portrayal of the girl burning down the apartment? Am I forgetting something or? The, the like the best case, I guess I couldn't make being as generous as possible is that it's trying to kind of present Eduardo as basically the goofus to Sean Parker's gallant. Okay. Where it's like, Oh, everything's going wrong for this guy, not just at the company, but also in his personal life. Cause right. he's got this crazy girlfriend or whatever. Right now. <laughs> It still doesn't need to be there. It doesn't need like, to be even, there, yeah. Right? Even if that's the yeah. case, it still doesn't need to be there. But Could have written a scene is... where she tells him off for being a misogynist, maybe. But but no, instead, yeah. instead it's uh, she's going to – she's crazy. Crazy women. You know, this is and what women do. Because she thinks that relationship statuses matter. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that, that's right. That, that's that, right. That, uh, that a slut would uh, – that's her her and his words, not mine, uh-huh. I just want to add. Yeah. Um, uh, wouldn't care about a relationship status anyway. Like, and this is this is the thing about the woman stuff in this movie. Aaron Sorkin has made the case that, well, he's just depicting misogyny because this was a very misogynistic environment, and I'm sure that people who would defend this movie would say the same thing. And I will say that. I cannot separate this movie from my priors on Aaron Sorkin, even though at the time when I saw it for the first time around, I didn't know who Aaron Sorkin was. So I will cop to Sorkin's other projects and his public persona seeping into my opinion on this movie a little bit, for sure. I'm guilty of that. But even without knowing any of that, the misogyny that is in this movie is just simply too gleeful to come across as anything less than at least a tacit endorsement of it. Yeah. And like it, and it's it's gleeful in certain moments like we see the tech bros being misogynistic and it's portrayed kind of gleefully but then it's for me what's the re- the real tell is the ways in which 
it's it's not i mean a tech bro didn't write the script of this movie Aaron no. Sorkin wrote the script and gave Mooney, uh, Rooney Mara's character that line about like, good luck with your video game, which is designed yeah. to tell us that she's stupid and wrong and Zuckerberg yeah. is a genius. Like, that's not reflecting the misogyny of the tech bros because a tech bro didn't say it. You, Aaron Sorkin, put those words in your strong female character's mouth. You wrote that yeah. for her to say so that we would think she was dumb. So that's you, Aaron Sorkin, being the misogynist, right? That's not just portraying it uh, in others. It's not that the men in the movie are misogynistic towards the women. That would be acceptable, defensible, even a good thing. And it would be, it would work if any of the women in the movie were portrayed as anything more than literally one dimensional. Exactly. Um, and instead what happens is you have these men being misogynistic towards the female characters, but then you just have the female characters independently of the male characters or independently of what's happening being, uh, one or multiple of crazy, stupid, vapid, they can't catch things because they're girls <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and and it, it I would say, honestly, that the more we've talked about it and the and watching the movie multiple times over like that is, I think, really the thing that shines above all the rest as being so inexcusable in a movie that where where the rosebud of the movie is that this one girl dumped him yeah. basically. Yeah. Is that like, I think, you know, in spite of everything else that I said, maybe this movie works if all of the women in the movie, instead of being portrayed how they're portrayed, are portrayed as being smarter than all of the men. Exactly. And and kinder and more thoughtful and more interesting. Exactly. But they're not the focus of it because they're women. Yeah. That movie works. Yep. Uh huh. This movie where... All of the women are stupid and annoying, just like all of the men are, but they're portrayed as even being a degree of magnitude more stupid and more annoying. It it completely undercuts any point it might be trying to make. Exactly. About misogyny. And so that, exactly. that brings me to my my final thing that I wanted to point out that um that I think wraps it all up nicely, which is the scene with Sean Parker and Jesse Eisenberg in the club where the loud music is pounding. And uh, Sean Parker tells the story about the founding of Victoria's Secret. Right? Do you remember that? Yes, yes, yeah. You know, he talks about Roy Raymond. He talks about his whole thing of, you know, he, he founds Victoria's Secret because he's like, damn, it's kind of hard to buy lingerie for my wife without it being a whole fucking skeevy thing. Like, what if there was just a store for this? Yeah. And you could just go there and it was easy or whatever. And then as the story goes, he is super successful. He makes millions of dollars, sells the company for $4 million to Leslie Wexner. And then uh, Leslie Wexner turns it into fucking Victoria's Secret. It's worth billions of dollars. And Roy Raymond jumps off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Um, And I, I would add into this that. The appearance briefly of Larry Summers and Peter Thiel uh, as like 
especially Peter Thiel being somebody you're not supposed to know at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that yeah. story to me is the perfect encapsulation of this movie because it is a very simple story with a very obvious point that completely ignores the most interesting thing about it, which is Leslie Wexner. Do you know that name? Les Wexner is that name. Does it ring any bells to you? No, Les Wexner is maybe the single largest benefactor of Jeffrey Epstein, famous <laughs> billionaire pedophile. Wow. Wow. And and wait, Je- Jeffrey Epstein, so, the New York financier. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been so funny. <laughs> There's like a scene where it, where, it, where it's like, yeah, we're we're going to take this. Uh, we're going to take this plane to this island with this cool guy. <laughs> I, I, you probably haven't heard of him. His name's oh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, he's a he's a New York financier. Yeah, there's no reason why you should have heard of him. Which, um, uh, but, uh, but in a way, have, I'm almost surprised cool. the film didn't do that, given the timeline. But anyways, that, yeah. Honestly, yeah. But so I love I love that scene because it is like kind of the movie in a nutshell, which is like tell this boring story about business instead of telling the interesting story, which is that all billionaires are pedophiles yeah. and, <laughs> yeah. and commit horrible crimes. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously, you know, as I said before, like, I don't think it, most of, and I think you would mostly agree with this too. Like most of my beefs with this movie aren't really that political in nature. They have a political valence to them because of what it's about. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority of my complaints about it really are just that I I just think it fails at what it's trying to do. And I think that, honestly, the ambition of what it's trying to do is the, the bar is really not that high. It's not yeah. aiming that high. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I really do think, like, there's a there is a movie that you could have made about this that would have not only been closer to the truth, but that also would have just been a better movie and mm-hmm. would have been less stupid. But that probably would have required it being written by somebody other. Than <laughs> yeah. yeah, and 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 uh, you know, and I think your point dovetails really well with with my main criticism too, which is that because it's so poorly written, because the movie is so poorly uh, fails so so terribly at accomplishing uh, what it's meant, what it's what it's trying to accomplish that we actually end up with no idea what it's trying to accomplish. Um, it, you know, but if we generously assume that it was supposed to be a story about, you know, the misogyny in this, in this culture, um, it fails so miserably at doing that, that it ends up being a piece of misogyny itself. It ends up being, you know, the kind of movie that those reviewers that you were citing earlier, you know, would watch and be like, this just goes to show the tech bros are the new, uh, I don't know what the line was, but like, you know, these yeah. are the new cool uh, guys. rock stars, the new rock stars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, if, if, if you made a movie that was supposed to be about how these guys are misogynists and shitty and, and losers, and you, and you gave people the impression that they were cool and that they were rock stars, then you profoundly failed so badly that I have to assume you didn't even want to achieve that in the first place, but that you yourself also think they are rock stars, which is, I, I mean, I think Aaron Sorkin presents Mark Zuckerberg fundamentally as a rock star in this. Jesse Eisenberg's portrayal of him 
while he does a good job of being petulant and childish at times, he still comes across pretty cool. He still, you know, if you ask me who's the coolest character in this movie, like just straight up who's cool. I mean, maybe mm. Sean Parker, but probably it Zuck should himself. be Sean Parker. But it yeah, should be. I, I but it ends it really, up being Zuck yeah. himself because he's given yeah. some great lines. He's given some snappy, cool, some the, the snappiest and best little quips and moments are are given to him. So it's like, yeah, I don't think this was a critique. I don't it does. It doesn't land as a critique. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I guess what I what, what on uh, closing on that and then I'm going to very, very quickly just run through some evidence for for our points that we are not the only people who think this like there are people who love this movie who there are people who love this movie who essentially agree movie for as much as whatever it's trying to do ultimately makes Zuckerberg look not as bad as it should Mm -hmm. um, and even makes him kind of look good but but just before um, I, I we close out on that uh, I would I would just say that basically the movie treats the things about Zuckerberg and about Facebook and about all of these guys um, that should be what should be the point of the movie becomes more of just a tragic character flaw like yeah. um, the the misogyny is is there for the same reason that you might make a character an alcoholic mm-hmm. or addicted to drugs or, you know, um, uh, estranged from his wife and kid or something for, because he's too, you know, a detective who's like too wrapped up in his work to take proper care of his yeah. family yeah. or whatever, where it's yeah. like, these are bad things or they are things that can be, make you a hard person to get along with, but they are counterbalanced against, you know, things that are laudable like mm-hmm. you know a singular vision or genius or something um and in this movie they are not treated as the point themselves they i think are treated as like well he's a there's always a but yeah well he's an asshole but yeah he's also a genius he may not well, respect he's a misogynist women. but yeah he yeah. may not respect women but you know he's really he writes some great code <laughs> yeah, yeah he, exactly he may, he may think women are all bitches but Boy, he's got a great idea for how to market a social media platform. Like, sorry, but these things aren't these things aren't balanced. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's so strange. Like, um, so many, uh, so much of the post like two twenty tens assessment people, uh, just saying how prescient this movie is, and I just think that's so strange. It's so yeah. strange, but I. I do uh, want to talk just uh, at the very end here, as I alluded to before, about some of the responses that this movie got. And I'm honestly just going to go straight from uh, the legacy subsection of the Wikipedia article because it just it just perfectly sums up all of the people who liked this movie but felt the exact same way that we did. So I do not want anyone coming at me saying I misunderstood this movie. Right. Because, as I said, like, if it was trying to do something other than this, it failed. And this is proof positive. Um, so Bob Lefsitz, who I mentioned earlier, said uh, in his review of this movie that watching it makes you want to run from the theater, grab your laptop and build your own empire. Um, this is the same guy who said that techies have become the new rock stars. Um, 
I mentioned uh, Dave Knox and his review of the movie saying um, the the direct quote is 15 years from now, we might just look back and realize this movie inspired our next great generation of entrepreneurs. Um, Zuckerberg himself was quoted as saying he is interested to see what effect the social network has on entrepreneurship, noting that he gets lots of messages from people who claim that they have been very much inspired to start their own company. Jesus. Um, Eduardo Saverin echoed these sentiments, saying that the film may inspire countless others to create and take that leap to start a new business. Um, in one such isn't uh, in one such such instance, the co-founders of Wall Street Magnet confirmed that they were inspired to create the fantasy trading community after watching the social network. Um, I think that yeah. like perfectly sums it up. Yep. If your movie about the asshole who founded Facebook makes people want to be the asshole who founded <laughs> Facebook. Yep. That is a that is a movie that has had if nothing else, even if you for some reason think like it's good, which I at this point like by the third rewatch of this I was genuinely baffled and just yeah. completely apathetic towards the movie as like a concept. But if if even if you feel strongly about it, I would argue that all of those statements uh, just prove that it has had a completely rancid uh, cultural impact. Oh, and totally. That totally. alone is enough of a reason to hate it as much. Absolutely. As I do. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of and I actually don't remember which movie we were reviewing where I said this, but I talked about movies where the there's a moralizing message that you're supposed to get from the movie. But most of the film makes the opposite behavior seem fun and cool and funny. You know, like you mm -hmm. watch an Adam Sandler movie from, you know, his early era. And it's like, sure, yeah. The message of the movie, the, the, you know, the moral of the story is don't be a bully. But you spend 75% yeah. of the movie crack, like laughing your ass off at the incredibly funny ways that Adam Sandler is being a bully. And then at the end, yeah, the, the movie comes back and says, no, but you're not. So, but bullying is bad. And so you come away from it. Like, yeah, I know that I was supposed to think bullying is bad, but honestly, the bullying looked super fun and cool. And that's, yeah. This, and that's right? why, that's why Happy Gilmore is the best Adam Sandler movie because it's the one Adam Sandler movie that has the balls to basically be like, yes. no, this movie is about how happy Gilmore is cool and good. Yeah. And it would be awesome yeah. if golfers were like this because <laughs> yeah. golf is fucking stuffy. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. why happy Gilmore is good. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I like the, the, this, if this movie is about misogyny being bad, then like, why does it make it seem like, that like it's cool yeah. like the guys who are doing it are cool yeah exactly all right any final thoughts before we sign off no no i think we've done this turd to death i'm ready to let's let's watch something good for next time yes definitely <laughs> we'll do a good movie for next time yeah. i have a few ideas including one that i think would dovetail nicely from this one so nice uh, in the meantime uh thanks for listening everybody i said on the last episode that it wouldn't be as long uh before the next one so that failed utterly uh, but I am hoping that it will be uh, less time <laughs> between this one and the next one, because I'm excited to uh, talk about some good movies. Yes. Again, because fuck like it's way I don't know why, but it's way harder to talk about bad movies. I know uh, it's just it like hurts. It's, 
it's harder to watch them, but it's yeah. it's sometimes it's harder to talk about them too. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, um, thanks for listening to this one, and um, I guess you know, please don't send me any death threats or whatever. Um, <laughs> I know people really like this one. So uh, weird. Thanks for thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.